Zemo, we've been plugging these guys for a while. Elite Sports, they're the band that, or they're the company, I should say, who works with Texas State athletes, works with a bunch of athletes across the country to create original brands. And, you know, they get a little NIL money out of it too. So they're creating brands for their team. And then you get to support the athlete themselves too. So it's a really cool deal. Sports, man. I love it. E-L-T-E, sports.com. If you use code SQUARE, you help us out, help the show out. Um, But yeah, they got a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, My favorite still is Ben McClain's uh, icy kind of vintage looking jersey that he's got of himself. It's just like four Ben McClain's doing different things. It's pretty sick. Check them out, elitesports.com. I also have a bunch of different athletes for them too. I'll pop up here too. Use code SQUARE. Check it out. Tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squaring Around. This is Texas State Sports Podcast. We talk about everything Texas State Sports. I'm joined by, as always, the Texas State Sports Prez, Andrew Zimmel. Uh, and this week, we're lucky enough to be joined by the editor of the San Marcos Daily Record, Colton McWilliams. Colton, thanks for joining us, buddy. Hey, no problem. Like I said, I'm very happy to talk about Bobcat football, spring game, just about everything going on in San Marcos. So. Hey, yo. Um, part of the ship, part of the crew, part of the ship, part of the crew, part of the ship, part of the crew. One of us. One of us. Anyway, I wanted to to bring Colton on specifically. He was sitting right next to me in the press box the entire time. So I actually know a lot of his takes, I think, maybe. Um, but I wanted to have Colton along with us to digest this spring game. Um, I guess starting it off with just like initial reactions from me. Um I don't know. It happened. Like, that's kind of like what I felt coming out of it. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I got with it is like a little bit of optimism. Like, okay, I, I feel a lot better watching the spring game. I mean, offense showed some flashes. Defense showed some flashes. Nobody got hurt. I mean, that's about all you can expect from a spring game, to be honest. So I was be the odd man out. I was not there. So I'm going to moderate this discussion when we talk about the different things. And I agree with what Colton just said, where you say like, you know, nobody got hurt, which is the point of this whole thing. Yeah. Get some practice, get some looks. All right. I want to go through. Um, I talked to Jake about this, Colton. You're going to have to grade on the fly here. I want to go okay. through position groups here. Okay, okay. Because I think that this is a pretty good way. Jacob, do you agree? This is a pretty good way to just dissect it. Part I think it's part healthy. It's healthy. You're tapping into your uh, debate skills, too, mm-hmm. I should say. Ba- champion from Bandera High School, Andrew Zimmel. A master Deba- debater, if you a will. Master, a master debater. Yeah, that's what they called me. Um, Don't let your mom walk it on you when you're prepping those cases. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's start. Let's start at the uh, let's start at the quarterback level, because I think that was a question that I had Um. Jacob and I talked about last week, Colton. We said that I thought Malik Hornsberry was going to be the starter week one, but I would expect a little bit of competition coming into the spring, going through the summer. What did you see out of the quarterbacks? What would you grade that quarterback room? Quarterback room, probably 
B plus, if I'm being really generous, maybe an A minus. Malik Hornsby is like everything like everybody says he is like he he showed off the arm. I mean, he had like a cup. I think it was like maybe three, two passes over like 20 yards, which get off a little bit of tangent. It was refreshing to see like the offense like throw a pass more than 15 yards down the field. We saw that multiple times from like Malik Hornsby threw a lot of passes. CJ Rogers threw a lot of those deep shots on the field. So very, very relieved to see like we're actually making a lot of deep shots this year. But go, circling back to the quarterbacks, uh, yeah, it, it's Malik Hornsby. Like I can tell you that this dude is, is the real deal. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not only like as it, when we talked to him, I think it was Thursday for the press conference uh he he has the arm strength to deliver like he has that cannon of an arm but it's also his playmaking ability with his legs that makes him that special x factor that you can't prepare for like there were several situations it would be third down and Malik just breaks out like a 7 15 yard run and extends the drive i mean that's i think that's what texas state's been needing at quarterback is someone that can only make the plays but it can also extend the drive and that isn't it's not only on the field, it's off the field as well, because a lot of people consider Malik one of the leaders of the team, despite being one of the new people coming in. Now, his uh, competition, C.J. Rogers, like, the, I think if if er- anything was to happen to Malik, I think Texas State would be fine having C.J. like as as being the quarterback, because like he a little bit like Malik, he has the arm strength. He can't he can uh extend drives and he cannot he also he's also a little bit mobile so like he's not gonna like maybe he's not as fast as Malik but he can also extend the play make a run if he needs to to make to keep the drive going for the Bobcats so I think quarterback I'm pretty I'm pretty happy from what I see from both Malik and uh, CJ Rogers I asked Jacob after the spring game I said is Malik the fastest guy that you've seen on the field and Jacob what was your answer to that Mm-hmm. Yeah, but only because I didn't see Drew Donnelly. Uh, I will say <laughs> I looked him up. His stats up Cincinnati. He ran a four three at one point. That's kind of insane. I feel like you'll give a good, honest answer here. We, we've heard Drew Donnelly for Malik Hornsby. Who's who's the fastest guy on this team? I'm gonna keep it above until I said Drew Donnelly. All right, all right. Yeah, that's all I need. Right. Feeling pretty good. Now, Colton didn't mention Ty Evans at all, Jacob. So the takeaway from me right now is that Ty Evans is kind of the third guy left out, the third wheel. Is that kind of where you feel too or how you feel too? I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm right along with Colton too. I think that whole room is a very strong B+. Plus. I was I was super pleasantly surprised. The whole time I was like, am I drunk? Like, am I wa- watching this correctly? Like, Because if you're watching Texas State, if you've been watching Texas State, first of all, I'm sorry. Uh, but second of all, like, uh, it's kind of just odd to imagine that this team is or could be successful in the future. I shouldn't say is because they haven't played a significant game yet. Um, but just like Colton was saying, being able to see the quarterback take shots down the field, mind-blowing. A completion? That's crazy. Third down yeah, completions? Are, are you chalking it up to the fact that we have quarterbacks that can throw? Or are you chalking it up to the playbook being a little bit more open and willing to take shots down the field? Because I, I have to say, I got to defend my guy a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, you okay. can't have one without the other, right? It's like scheme and then player, and or player versus scheme or whatever. Um, either way, Malik had a great game. Uh, CJ Rogers balled out. 
But Ty Evans, honestly, you're talking about him being maybe like that third spot. I mean, there's really room for him to be right there with CJ. Honestly, for them too, there's like one and then two, like right beneath. Like they're like right there. Ty Evans balled out too. He had this one series, uh, and Colton could talk about this too, but he scored a touchdown like three times on three separate occasions. They kept calling it back. Mostly, I think, because GJ just wanted to see what he would do in certain situations and also maybe protect him a little bit. You know, I, the whole point of this is to not get hurt. Uh, but he was balling out. He even went into the end zone without a helmet one time. So, Well, and you you said this, Jacob. You were like, the whole reason that we are so high on these guys right now is because that's all we've seen. I'll ask this question to Colton, too. In that spring game, did you see them in tough situations? Did they, did they get put in situations that could have compromised them and they were able to get themselves out of it at all? Any of the quarterbacks? They were definitely testing Malik, I feel, because he had like the he had the most empty possession. That's not a knock on Malik, but I think it's just number one defense versus number one offense. You're gonna get those kind of jams up a lot, you know. Uh not necessarily as opposed to like CJ Rogers and Ty that maybe had wouldn't have had those looks. You know, I think all of them had equal opportunity to kind of showcase their stuff, but they definitely wanted to see what he could do under duress, you know, or maybe when a game wasn't going his way. You know, and the same thing with Ty. It's like, okay, you think you scored. We're going to bring it back. Can you do it again? You know, Colton, what yeah, you think? With, so with the the defense, like even though like the quarterbacks are able to take their deep shots, I think the defense was definitely giving him a test. I mean, Ben Bell, like that game was a monster. I think he, when I was taking on my stats, I think I had like maybe four sacks. And I call them sacks because, you know, you can't tackle the quarterback and all that. So, so we never – but, like, they were getting some pressure on Malik, and, like, it wasn't, like, they weren't getting, like, free shots. Like, no, they did have the work for them. And, like, Malik was getting, like, Malik, both Malik and CJ, they were getting some really good passes off with, like, some really tight coverage. Like, Ashton Hawkins and Cole Wilson, like, those two guys were ma- making some really good passes. No, making some really good catches, and they probably wouldn't make those catches if, like, Malik or CJ delivered the ball in the right spot. So it wasn't like they were just – it was free range. Like, no, they it, they were definitely getting tested. Now, I will say, like, what Kenny was going through, it was basically with the defense. It wasn't like, you know, blitzing all out. It was just your basic four-man front, just try to go tackle the quarterback and all that stuff. It wasn't no exotic blitz, no – nothing real. It's just, just normal base defense that they were trying to go up against. Do you think that that's good or bad, Colton? Because I think that there's something to be said for running a base defense in the spring game. There's also something to be said for trying some new stuff out because this is the only time you're going to get to practice until, you know, what, August, where you, you get to have, like, full speed type of content like this. So is it good or bad they were running just base D? Uh, well, Kenny's reasoning for running the base defense was because I think his main concern is, like, I want to get out of spring healthy. I don't want to mm. – I don't need – dealing with uh, more in- injuries because I think they were already kind of teetering on the line heading into the spring game. So I think he just wanted to get like, hey, let's just showcase everybody off. You know, this is the spring game. You know, it is important. It's much more different than any other practice. But I also want to make sure like all of our players are we come out on the other side. OK, We're, and that's something I can't understand. Like, yes, I understand like what you're kind of like, yes, we need to see these quarterbacks going through different situations, but at the same time, like I want most of my people like healthy when we get into the fall, which is, you know, as important as the spring game is like, we need everybody healthy going into the fall. 
yeah, razor thin margin of error here. Let's shift gears over to running back, Jacob, because that was a position we kind of hinted at. We talked about like, oh, okay, we got two guys who potentially could be thousand yard rushers, maybe. Like, what do you think here? So, what did the running game look like uh, in the spring game, Jacob? That was another uh, like as if I had taken some sort of a psychedelic or something and walked into Bobcat <laughs> Stadium. I was like, do we have a running backs now? And we have the whole time. His name's Doctor Calvin Hill. <laughs> he was running with the first team. He looked great uh, yesterday, too, out of the backfield, uh, as well as just catching balls, too, in open space. So that looked good. And then uh, Denario Davenport, who I was really excited to see. He's got the size. He's got the frame. I didn't get as many reps, you know. They were also working out uh, Ismail Mahdi a lot, too. Um, but, yeah, Calvin Hill definitely one to watch. Uh, that whole room, like GJ was saying, spot on. Definitely the str- the strongest unit. They have the most depth. I think they have, like, six guys, too. So, Impressive. So if quarter if quarterback is B plus, what would running back be for you, Jacob? A A plus, yeah. Really? Okay. Texas State is not an A plus or minus school too. So I guess if you're going based on our academics, it's A. But Colton's over to you because there's a bunch of really good running teams in the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt's kind of weird in that way, where you got some teams that really <laughs> throw the ball, some teams that really run the ball, like heavy. Texas State has always kind of been more of a balance, in my opinion. So running room, you think it's an A plus too? Yeah, there's four. They've got four dudes on that team that could, you can make a relative argument, could start anybody, anywhere else. I mean, wow. like I said, Calvin Hill, Leakin Perry, those two guys, I think those are going to be your bell cows. But also, I think sneakily, like Denario Davenport, really good. Like he's, he had, I think he was like a rest over for 1,500 yards when he was over at Kilgore if I remember correctly. And then Ishmael Amadi coming over from Houston Christian was also a really big standout over there in the Southland. So I think you they've got like four really good running backs that yep. you they could basically say, do a little bit of a stable, say like, hey, you know, we're going to basically, they've got like a lot more options at running back than probably anywhere else on the, on the offense. If we talk about Houston Christian, we got a shout out Texas State alum, Mark Brown, who's over there, I think is a GA right now. So shout out, shout out to him. Shout, shout out, out Coach Christian. Mark Brown. Coach Mark <laughs> Brown. Got to give him the love, man. Um, all right, Colton, you said something interesting. You said that you, you got multiple guys in that room that could start for other teams. I said you could potentially have two 1,000-yard rushers. Is that crazy to say between uh, Lincoln and uh, Calvin? No, I don't think that's too crazy at all. Uh, like I said, I think they really – I think what I really liked in that spring game was like, you know, Calvin and Lincoln showed their diversity. Like it's not just running the ball. It's like, it's not just running the ball for like five yards. It's also catching like a little dump pass from CJ and Malik and getting like 15 yards out of it. It's mainly just their diversity that make it just, it's like the diversity of like the play calling and getting basically utilizing Calvin and Lincoln uh, in every aspect in every game. I think that's going to be really important. And I also, and that's the thing with like a lot of people, when they go to that incarnate word team last year, they think about the passing game. But when I talked to coach uh, Leftwich and coach Kenny, they want to run the ball. That's their main objective. It's like that Gus Malzahn office, like establishing the run and then establishing the pass. And that's what, yeah, and that's I think that's going to be – and I think having those four backs like in the running back room, that's going to be extremely important going forward into the season. They Which all give you kind of something 
different to look at you know is they're they're kind of uh well calvin's 5'8 so that's a completely different look compared to denario davenport is 6'1 6'2 220 or something you know so they're they're each going to give them something slightly different to look at colton i was going to ask you who was the one that got lit up by ben bell on that one play it was the hardest <laughs> hit i saw all day uh i i don't think it was lincoln it could have been though um one of those guys though got absolutely destroyed by ben bell so, uh, like, so I don't know how they're not seeing his red hair. It was white hair or white <laughs> jersey, red hair came out of nowhere. Absolutely lit him up. Yeah, I I don't remember who it was, but yeah, Ben Bell. Like he he came in with a mission, and he was like, uh, yeah, yeah. Ben Ben Bell was honestly like really outstanding. Honestly, uh, he was the, like the one of the best players at the spring game. Is Ben Bell? Yeah, he's like Malik, CJ, Ben Bell. <laughs> like, yeah. So you're jumping the gun here because I was going to have you guys rank your top five guys uh, out of the spring game later in the podcast, but that's fine. We can do it now. Do you want to do it? Do it now. The top five guys. Sure. Why not? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Jacob, let's hear yours first. Top five guys from the spring game. Malik, very closely second. Uh, CJ, uh, Ben Bell, basically that same order. And then I, I love Seamus O'Kelly. He followed us on the pod. <laughs> that's my four spot. And then um, my second one was Cole Wilson, or my fifth one, I should say. Uh, my next one after um, Seamus was Cole Wilson. We got to talk to him, too, a little bit after at the press conference. I'll be inserting bites throughout this whole deal. But um, Cole was really cool, and they were he, he was a state champion in high school. Um, and so they were like, hey, how do you establish a winning culture at Texas State? And he was like, well, I've been winning my whole life. What do you mean? I don't plan to stop. So um, I feel like I've been winning my whole life, so... I had no plans to lose. So, I mean, um, I feel like just working every day and not giving up. I mean, some days, I mean, everybody's human. You're going to have a bad day. So, I mean, you just have to keep grinding and, and discipline as well. I mean, you have to have a real discipline team. And you also have to have fun with it. I mean, you can't go outside down one day. You know, you got to have fun with it and, and just, you know, it's a blessing to be here. So just have fun with it, stay disciplined, and just keep grinding. So it's kind of that. And I, I think we need kind of like a true number two to establish something from for for Ashton Hawkins, who's going to have a career game. Kenny said he has the potential to be you know, like <laughs> one of the best receivers in the country. So, yeah, Ashton is, is, is really talented. Um, he's a real receiver. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he really makes up. He's got great ball skills. Um, I think he, he's probably the best I've been around. Um, at the collegiate level of, of tracking the ball. When the ball's in there, he just has a knack for uh, either slowing down, speeding up, uh, keeping the defender where he wants to, and, and, and making those circus catches. So he just has a real knack for it. Uh, Big-time receiver and, and really glad to have him. And, and once again, he's another one of those guys that is really buying in off the field. He's getting stronger. He's getting bigger. Um, and so really pleased with him and, and where his progression. Got to meet his mom out there today, which is really cool. I got which super is- fired up by that. And then I'm seeing Cole Wilson, obviously, too, has all the potential in the world. Um, but, yeah, not, we don't have, like, a Megatron guy, though, you know? You know someone have well, that you can just not, nobody up. does. That's nobody, does. No, no, nobody has that outside threat just yet because, again, it's only April. Colton, what's your top five guys? Top five guys, it would probably be Malik one um, just because, like, it was it was really good to see him throw, throw making, like, really good decisions, you know, also go back on the quarterback nobody turned the ball over like the, the offense had no turnover turnovers which that was really surprised surprised me like like everyone took care of the ball and everyone got their job done 
So, yeah, definitely Malik for his not only for his arm, but also for his playmaking abilities. Uh, two, I would put Ben Bell just because he was that for he was causing a lot of havoc on the offensive line, making like lives difficult for the quarterback. Three, yeah, definitely CJ Rogers. He basically proved to me like maybe CJ should have been starting last year over Lane Hatcher. Mm. <laughs> just putting it out there. Uh, for yeah, definitely Cole Wilson because we are. We already knew about Ashton Hawkins. You know, Ashton Hawkins established himself as, you know, one of the best wide receivers last year. And then Cole basically is kind of basically pairing on opposite sides of each other. He really, like, impressed me. Like, even though he had a really good season at Incarnate Word and had that major catch in the playoff game, uh, it was good to see him kind of step up. And I guess fifth, it would probably be uh, Denario Davenport. That would be my fifth guy just because, you know, we it just – Similar thing. We I know what we can expect from Calvin. We know what we can expect from Lincoln Perry. But to see another like running back emerge from that room, it's it was just really good to see that there are multiple guys like stepping up at the position and could relatively like if somebody went down, they could take over take over the game and all that. We we talked about the running game a little bit, guys. I want to talk about the guys who helped make the running game, the offensive line, because nobody so far has said the offensive line looked good, which is kind of concerning to me. Colton, what do you think? Yeah, what, that would be the offensive line room. If if I was gonna give him a grade, it was pro- probably be like a B mat, B minus, maybe a C plus. Which like that that was really concerning because like I love Ben Bell, like Ben Bell. I think Ben Bell's gonna be a great player. The fact he got four sacks in the game was a little bit concerning. Like that that was my major like worry. Like oh, I don't know about this offensive line, and also like. And like I said, a lot of those sacks on the plays, like we mean we may never know if it was actually a sack because you know no contact because Malik could have made a play on that, like scampered around. But yeah, that was my main. Like the offensive line did show some moments. Like our running backs, you know, they broke off like you know, oh five plus runs like consist like throughout the week game. It just made me a little bit concerned when like Ben Bell was getting a lot of pressure and they were just. Like there was no blitzing; it was just your base, uh, base defense. So that was probably like my main concern was like how this like maybe it'll take a little bit of time for the offensive line to kind of adjust because they weren't going into a lot of like it wasn't a complicated or like pass, like it was just it was just like kind of with the defensive line, just your basic like pass. So it will that I'm hopefully like they'll get into a system where it's like a more complex situated, like blocking scheme for now. But like, as of right now, I'm, that's my main concern. Like seeing how, how much they were struggling, especially with Ben Bell. I, lo- I love Ben Bell to death, but like, like I like seeing him sack the quarterback four times was a little bit like, oof. I mm. Jacob. Yeah, well, I was uh, on I was on the field for most of like the before parts of practice. I saw how big those guys are. Obviously, me, not a very big guy, so everybody to me is huge. But when I was watching them warm up and stuff, I was like, "Wow, look at these guys from UIW! Oh, we're finally gonna get it." And then I remembered we lost the center that week. I know not everybody's a hundred, a hundred percent. You know, they're getting back into shape. They're getting you know. So I'm gonna not see the prettiest offense out there, but I think. Um, yeah, it was a little concerning for sure. Uh, I, I'm with Colton. I think C plus at best, uh, maybe B minus if you want to be generous. Because 
who's to say that's the line that goes out? That's like the positive thing is that it's not complete. We know that we're missing uh, two big boys, you know, a pair and a spare, whatever Coach Withers used to say. Um, so it's not going to be the, the line that we put out. But if it is, like we're talking about how much we love Ben Bell, a good team is going to have two of those guys. Yeah, so. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. And, you know, that's something that Jacob and I have talked about many times on this podcast is that the offensive line, that was the thing that I think has been the most stagnant when you talk about Texas State teams in the past who – what, what group hasn't really stepped up? Offensive line has always kind of been a concern to me. Even when you consider one of the Texas State offensive linemen from the 2018 or 2018 team is uh, still in the league. Aaron Brewer is still playing yeah. NFL snaps. And it's wonder, where was this in college? You know, Aaron Brewer, really good uh, offensive lineman in college, was not as good as he is today. So why is the growth, why is the progress not there for Texas State? Hopefully that they, they can figure that out. All right, we talked a little bit about the wide receiver room. Do we are we missing anything? Are we missing anything about wide receivers, Jacob? Um, I think the wide receivers is just kind of like we knew what we had already. We had a talented room last year, so to return Ashton, very talented guy in itself, and then to get some help around him, just to give him some more looks and stuff. You know what? We didn't see a lot of tight ends. I thought mm. that was going to be a big thing. We had Connor Fox. Uh, we have a couple other guys, Jake Simpson. Um, but we didn't really see too many of those. So. Kind of like oh. so tight end room question mark. That's question the only mark. yeah. Na not available. Got a incomplete on the yeah, report card. I mean yeah, I guess the offensive line too. You know, it's kind of like where'd that go? I thought that was going to be our strength, huh? but uh, got you, got you. Well, I also think the tight ends were going kind of going through an injury bug because I, I think those, those are all banged up. Yeah, you're right. Because I saw Titus Lions. You know, the one our one scholarship guy. Uh, I saw that he wasn't suited out. So I only saw like I, when I saw the group pitch, I think I saw only like two of them like in full uniform. So I think mostly I think a lot of that had to do with injuries and trying to keep everybody healthy. So, yeah, I would give like the Titans like an incomplete grade because they really didn't see any action. But I also don't blame Coach Kenny for like when you only got two tight ends. Like, what do you what do you want to do with that? You know, they withdrew. I I gotta make I gotta make fun of Jacob here for a second though. He mentioned uh, going on the field and being the smallest guy there. For those of you watching on Spotify and on YouTube, he's got the Texas State authentic jersey going on here, and uh, he's got the pythons hanging out of the sleeves. I said this isn't a uh, this isn't a zoo. Why are those python pythons on the loose? There he is. Flexing I'm looking his pretty good. I won't lie. Yeah, looking pretty good. Uh, the funny thing is, is I said this when I got my authentic Texas State jersey. You could have got yours at the spring game if you uh, brought cash. They don't take card there. If you brought cash, you could have got one of the game-worn jerseys. Uh, they're like corsets. They really are. They're, like, skin tight. And Jacob probably went from, what, a 34 to a 32 waist belt wearing that? Uh, I'm not. I'm like a 32, naturally. So Naturally? so Back down to now. a 30. Yeah, knocked down to a 30. All right. Uh, atmosphere. Let's go with that grade. Well, first off, Jacob, quick, grade for pass catchers? Pass catchers overall? Overall. Uh, or just like wide receivers? Pass catchers overall. Uh, B. B, Colton? Just like a B flat, yeah. Yeah, pro- I-, I might go like a B, B plus, maybe. B like plus? Because like it was just, you know, we saw, it was basically, we, we saw what we expected. Like nothing too out of the, like, nothing too out of the ordinary you they know, did but... take probably the second most contact, I will say. Yes. Both Cole and Ashton Hawkins took some shots. And I was like, hey, what are we doing out there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we want to do defense real quick. 
because I want to talk about the atmosphere of the spring game uh, to wrap it up on this like part of it, or, or this part of the podcast. Uh, defense. We've heard about Bell. Give me another guy who who has really impressed you on the defensive side of the ball. I was really Bolton. expecting a pick, to be honest. We've talked a lot about the defense, right? We talked a lot about Josh Eaton, and I think Colton uh, was there when they were talking to GJ about this. But I think Josh Eaton's picked off Malik a couple times in practice. Mm-hmm. So uh, when they started taking shots like that down the field, I was like, perfect. <laughs> I want to see something happen. Because that's how you create some of those high-scoring environments. So you, you score off of turnovers. Colton? Yeah, definitely that defensive back room. It, like, even though they didn't force a turnover, they, you know, they were getting getting a bunch of sacks. They were also breaking up a lot of passes. Uh, yeah, that defensive back room is actually a lot more stacked than I initially thought because it's not only like Josh Eaton, there's a – you know, Caleb D. DeFord from, you know, the chancellor from Washington State. There's also, uh, oh, oh, my gosh, Caleb Cup. He's the other incarnate word of defensive back. A lot of really good uh, uh, DBs. And, you know, when we talk to Josh, like, after the spring game, they say, like, it's basically a war every single day. They walk on the they walk on the field. It's always competition, and they always have, you always have to step up on your game because – Tell us about kind of those wars with the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. How how are those how are they making y'all better as a defensive back group? Uh, Malik, those guys, CJ, those guys making us better each and day. I mean, it's like no let us. Like we got we got guys, Drew, Cole. Like you can't waste a rep. Like when you don't know, you think you're chilling at that moment. Then you got the ball in the air. So those guys competing every day. Right when you think the ball not coming, they catching it right over your shoulders. So I say those guys help us a lot, especially uh. Malik, um, he helps us when he throws the ball deep and he runs that gets us uh, ready to break down and make a tackle. So I said the receivers, they've been helping us competing every day. Them guys come to compete every day, same guys every day. So, yeah. Uh, because the competition is so high, I think the defensive back room might be maybe the strongest. It depends if what you think about the defensive line at the moment. But, yeah, probably one of those two units are probably going to be the strongest. Yeah. Wow. I like I like uh, Brian Holloway or Alonzo Edwards too. Oh yeah, both of them gave really good sound earlier on. Um, but yeah, we talk about like another Ben Bell type guy. That's like Brian Holloway essentially. Like he's ready to be that guy. So are you ready to say the defense is going to be the best it's been in the last six years, Jacob? Uh, I don't know. Last year's defense wasn't bad. You know, we talked about Zach Spavadol may be one of the best defensive coordinators we've had in the modern era of Texas State. And when I say modern era, I mean since me and Zimmel started going to school there. I, I would say modern era since going to FBS, probably. To Colton, FBS. thoughts? Because, I mean, Zach did a pretty good job with the defense. I thought he did a good job at Tech, too. I think my thing with the defense, like, I'm really interested to see, like, how everyone is adjusting to this four to this four two five defense because – if you don't know what the four for everyone who may not be in the net, the four four two five defense was something established by Gary Patterson at TCU, and it basically revolutionized defense, especially against. It turned out it was a really good defense against you know that pass game, and I think like seeing everybody in the four two five defense, I think I think a lot of the players enjoy like for the defensive back, it's a lot of man on man, which everybody like you talk to all those DBs. That is what they want. They want to be manned up and all that stuff. And I think what I saw from it, I think it really, you know, as good as the defense was last year, I think this really plays to everybody's strengths playing in this new scheme because we saw Ben Bell, like, you know, being a monster on the D line. We've seen Brian Holloway and eight, 
you know, and Alonzo Edwards, you know, being really good at the linebacker position. So I think this defense has the potential to maybe take that another step, another step up from last year. The fourteen five works against everybody except the uh, Georgia Bulldogs, Colton. That's yeah. that's the uh, that, yeah. that that that's really the only way you can beat the four two five. Subscribe to the Hypnotoad Podcast on uh, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Jacob, let's talk atmosphere because that was something that we kind of hinted to uh, before the spring game. What is that atmosphere going to look like? You said it probably was a shade under a thousand people. Is that what your takeaway was? Was it a good atmosphere on Saturday? It may have been just a little bit more than a thousand. Okay. Uh, not much, but you know. So a normal Saturday, the there were some there was some uh, recruits there as well. So you know, always be recruiting. That's what this team's about. Uh, Kenny, after the game, said that he's trying to bring in more people, and he's always just going to try and bring in the next best person, regardless on whether or not we, the media, or we, the people, or whoever thinks that they have a significant starter. He's going to try and bring in the best transfer possible. Yeah, we're always looking to, to upgrade the roster, and, and that's one thing. You know, when they hired me, they did uh, you know a job. I got a job to do, so I got to put the best product on the field that, that I can. And, um, you know, we got some really good players, but I'm going to continue to bring in good players. I think competition, you know, is, is the key to success. So um, I like where our guys are at, but I'm always going to try to bring in competition. To encourage competition, encourage growth, encourage uh, everything, basically. Uh, going back to the spring game overall, when I pulled up, there was a big jersey sale going on. People were running out of their cars to get in line to this thing. I had to wait in line 15 <laughs> minutes to get it through myself. Uh, so that in itself uh, was really cool just to see some former players. I was right behind Big Thad and a couple of his boys. Um, but uh, how the big was game big overall Thad? was really cool. Like I, I really enjoyed because it used to be like you would have like kind of the spring game elements kind of spread apart. I remember the jersey cell used to be in one of the breezeways. You didn't even need to walk up to any of that if you didn't want to. It was just all basically on the field because the kids zone was open because they're not going to even have Cats Garden next year. Uh, they're going to figure out a place to put Cats Garden. I was talking to Don a little bit off to the side about it. Um, but because of all that construction for the end zone complex is going to happen this year. Uh, and then but just to have kind of the fans like there and like willing it was super hot. It was super hot in the press box because they didn't turn on the AC oh, yeah. until we got there. But being outside, I can only imagine because the band was baking out there. Uh, and so to see everybody just stick around. And I think kind of it's like a, a, I guess, like a credit to like having an offense that can score almost 50 points. I think it was also significant for them mentally to know that that was like their average. So that's what they needed to shoot for regardless. So they were like, we need to hit like 50. That's our mark. That's what we have. That's like a marker for success for this program is trying to score over 50 points in the game. So I think that's what they wanted to do, even going into it. You, you mean know? in a spring game? You're not talking like in a Saturday in October. No, well, that's what they did at UIW. Well, come on, Jacob. Let's be honest here. I'm UIW saying, is not the Sun Belt. Colton, they, wanted to, they wanted to try to see if they could do that, you know? And then to Colton. see if that kind of success on the field immediately can translate to more butts and seats. Okay, I, I like that take. Colton, I'm going to swing it over to you. Uh, 50 points a game is unreasonable for a Sunbelt team. Yes or no? Oof. That, that is really asking a lot because, yeah, yeah because the I think that's the, my major question, like, going into fall is, like, you know, you know, we talk a lot about the offense, but, like, you know, like no offense to the Southland, but like it's not the same going against the Sun Belt. I think that's going to be like the ultimate like challenge to see. Now, 
I think with Kenny is like you're not trying to I don't think you're trying to score like 50 points like every single game like no I don't think that's your objective I think the objective is like basically make this offense like less crappy than what it's already (laughs) been (laughs) which is like you know not like that's not asking a lot but like you know do I think I think 50 points is a little bit I think that's asking way too, especially in a for, for a first year, for Kenny being his first year, basically having to rebuild an entire offense. You know, at least when he was at Incarnate, where like the system was kind of already there when he was, you know, at Texas State, you're basically starting over because you're not, because if you look at this team, like it's basically a different group of players coming in, like you're asking to learn the system. So if you're, I think if you're expecting 50 points from this Bobcat team, I think you're asking way too much. Now, I do think they should be maybe in the 30s, low 30s, high 30s. I think that I think that's reasonable, a reasonable expectation for this for for to to meet. Can I push back? Yeah, I push back here, Colton. You still have to play Southern Miss, Troy, South Alabama every year in the division. Those three defenses aren't getting worse. You know what I mean? Like they're really good. Thirty points a game, I think, is doable. My take continues to be six and six. Like if you can get to six and six, then I am more than happy with any anything. Like points per game doesn't matter. The point differential doesn't really matter to me. Turnover differential. If you can get to six and six, the wins are the most important thing. We do this every single, pretty much every single time we talk about Texas State football, Colton. We look at the stock chart, right? We look at the NASDAQ. We look at the Dow Jones. (laughs) I think that the Texas State stock is ticking up. I'm still at six and six. Jacob is still at six and six. Where are you at now after the spring game? uh, How do you feel about this team? Six and six. I mean, like, like, as, like, kind of what you were saying, like, it's a really, because you're asking, like, because you're looking like where where your win's going to be, you know, like, like if you're looking at some, but like Monroe, Arkansas State, those are like must wins. You got to win both of those games. Uh, Nevada, Jack Jackson State, you know, you have to win those games. It's trying to find, you know, those next two wins. Maybe it's a Georgia Southern. Maybe it's catching Coastal when they're going through. Maybe catching a Louisiana Troy, like one of those. And also with South Alabama being home, magically, you know, Texas State's always been better at home against South Alabama compared to when they're on the road. Because if you look at the series, like the home team always wins. It's like the weirdest, like no matter who is better, so, the home always for those wins. Of you, for those of you keeping track at home, if Texas State gets those four must wins and can sneak, what, three, the three could be wins, you're looking at a seven-win team. Colton, you're going to be excited. And Jacob, also, what do you think? And yeah. I, so also, I'm also looking at that UTSA game. I think that's probably the most interesting game that I'm seeing. Like, I think that's going to be like the best gauge or like where that team's going to be, because I know a lot of those players are are so desperate and hungry to beat UTSA. And considering like that's when they're hanging up all their banners, like the fact you're probably going to like the the probability of them like ruining their like basically their so-called coming out party. I think that it's going to be really, I think that's going to be the game that I'm probably going to get the your best heat check. Like, okay, I think this is where this team's going to end up at the end of the season. Like, it's probably not going to be Baylor. Like, like, like as much as I want that Baylor game to be like the heat check game, I it's definitely, it's 
I'm 99% sure like the UTSA game is going to determine like how the season's going to be. I mean, you saw with 2020, like it basically turned out how the rest of the season was like, we're really good, except like we could never close out close games. And that was the entire net- narrative for that entire season. That's a lot of good stuff there. Jacob, any takes after that? I got a couple of takes to get off my chest. The first is that uh, going back to Zach Spavital on that defense, he was really good at making a difference with spare parts. That's again, what this team is going to have to do when been what every DC or OC or head coach themselves have had to do at Texas state is make a difference with spare parts. And whether or not you do that in your first year really determines if you're going to be at Texas state for the next two or, or one really. Um, so that's going to be kind of really interesting to see what they can do. They've had a lot of like uh, people step up kind of like robot style and give them really good parts, you know, uh, the big fanny, the nice legs, the whatever, you know. So we'll see what happens with that. I think there's some talent there to be had for sure. And then what was the next question you had, Zimmel? Was this just I, like... I was asking uh, <coughs> what the what what you thought about Colton's take that UTSA is going to be the heat check. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. So I agree, too, because um, we're talking about having – three quarterbacks that are pretty good. I think all arms are basically the same. You know, the difference maker is Malik's legs right now. That's where all the scariness lies, especially for this offense too. Malik gets running. Colton was talking about it earlier. That guy was gone like twice (laughs) and nobody could catch him. They're trying their hardest to try to catch this guy. Um, But I I think there's not a way in hell we don't run two quarterbacks in both Baylor and UTSA to kind of figure out where we are as a unit, you know, because Baylor, things get out of hand quick. Throw CJ in there. Just get tape on all of these guys, you know? Same thing in UTSA. Um, uh, I also agree that there's a lot of fire. There's a lot of fervor across Texas State to try to do something to UTSA. Uh, That's also going to be at the Alamo Dome. That place gets ridiculous for those football games. Uh, It's the only place I've been kicked out, too, as a journalist. Because you cheered in the press box. Don't pin this on utsa being like some sort of terrible authoritarian i think he was a little bit of a rule stickler over there and i just happened to be wearing a maroon maroon polo my guy's shouting up top of his lungs uh all right i'm i'm good with the uh the spring game do you have anything else for me i uh i wanted to ask you you know you've heard a lot of things about the spring game what do you expect now you know you know kind of the same you know what i mean everything that we kind of um we kind of expected it sounds like kind of played out the way that I thought the only big change is Malik's arm because everything I was told before the spring game, Malik's arm is average at best. It's not, it's not a cannon. It's not something that could play at the division one level. This guy should be a running back or a wide receiver. That is everything I've heard about him coming into Texas state. Really good kid, really fast, not a great quarterback when it comes to making big throws. So for both of you to kind of say, hey, this guy's got a cannon, this guy's got an arm, he can make the throws, that to me is a little bit of a surprise. Like I'm and it's a good surprise. Baylor game, super important against division one, power five defensive backs. I know it's the Big 12. The Big 12 has gotten better. If he can make those throws in that game, then I trust that he can make throws against JMU, against South Alabama, against Troy against all these better Sunbelt teams. If you can make throws in Bay- at Baylor, you can make throws in Mobile. Um, that, to me, is the biggest thing. The defense having question marks doesn't shock me. The offensive line having question marks doesn't shock me at all. Um, 
I, I think that this team, if they can establish the run, I feel a lot better. Um, so the fact that we have two guys that could be a thousand yard rushes, according to you guys, makes me feel pretty good. So look, spring game, you don't want to get too high on it. I was telling Colton off air, the biggest thing, the biggest good thing for Texas state is that we didn't have a ton of transfers out that the spring game happened in every other program. It feels like is having guys wanting to leave. And the fact that nobody at Texas state so far has said deuces, I'm out of here. There wasn't like some mass exodus of players to me makes me think that Kenny and the coaching staff has guys bought in. And that's the biggest thing right now is getting guys bought in in year one. Yeah. No, I think yeah, that's, that's a pretty true difference Baker. Yeah. That's the one thing I've, you, if you talk to every play I've, you know, talking to almost all the players during the, during, you know, this month with all the press conference, that's the one consistent thing I hear is like how much, you know, how much better of a connection the coaches have with the players. It's not just, you know, a player coach, it's not a coach being a coach. It's, you know, it's oh, DJ Kenny, you know, texting Josh Eaton, like, hey, everything, hey, how's your day? Hey, is everything doing okay? It's that personal that personal connection with everybody that all these coaches establish with their players. That's the one shocking thing. Like, even though, like, that's, I guess you kind of expect it with the coach and the player, but the fact that a lot of these, a lot of the players are so bought in to the co- to the coaching staff, not only on like, you know, on the field, but off the field as well. Like that was really surprising to hear about and seeing that it, I think being able to do, being able to do that. I don't think it may, it'll make you better, but like you'll probably get like 10 times more effort from a player than if your connection wasn't as strong, if that makes sense. Which was kind of mind boggling to me because for me, that's just like, well, yeah, isn't that what a coach does? Aren't you kind of like pretty close with, especially your position coaches, you know, like. Well, and when you look at like the other Texas state coaches on campus, coach Z and their coaching staff is in those players phones all the time, man. Uh, same with uh, TJ and for the basketball. And I imagine same with trout and Woodard for baseball and softball. So it's like, you know, I, it's kind of a surprise that there was this disconnect. Maybe it's a little overblown. I imagine Spavadol was pretty good when it came to talking to guys because that's just the type of dude that he is. But, you know, whatever. I, I'm i happy that the coaching staff now is talking to the players and texting them and being their friends. Good good on them. Well, this just goes back to, to Colton's first reported on Squaring Around where he was like, hey, the football team was just kind of half-assing for like however long, like X amount of years. Like, And I was like, what? Half-assing? I couldn't believe it. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I guess a lot of it really does kind of boil down to it is like you have to have special people and special rules and you have to kind of want it. Couldn't believe it or like didn't want to believe it. I guess didn't want to believe is better. I don't want to believe that people don't want to be successful. That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense when people like don't do the little things each day to, you know, be consistent, be proactive, be, but, you know, everything, but I be back. all you can be. I want to push back because we just had Brian Lennon on the podcast two weeks ago and it doesn't sound like that guy was half-assing it. So I don't, I don't think it was. Well, yeah, but it's, it's not an individual sport. We're not talking about track and field here. That's true. That's true. I don't think he was a half-assing. I want to, I want to defend my guy, Brian. Of here. course. Yeah. No, I'm not saying Brian was half-assed and I'm yeah. not saying anybody else in the athletic department was, I'm saying a lot of the football team was for a number of years. That's I think that's fair. And I think the stats speak for themselves. So it just kind of sucks. So it's like, well, something you could have changed, like effort, what you put into each and every day. Like that's one of the only things that you can control. And as a unit, they just weren't doing that. 
Well, and I'm going to go behind the curtain here a little bit. And Colton, you, you've seen this, um, but Jacob and I, we are very much like uh, most other Texas State fans, I think. And the amount of times that it's 6.30, it's 7.30 p.m. on a Saturday, and Jacob and I are calling each other on the phone saying, can you believe this bullshit that we just watched? Like, don't talk to each other all game. And then we call right after the buzzer sounds, and we're calling being like, this team is killing us. Like, this team physically is murdering our souls. And the amount of times that we've spent four hours on the couch watching piss-poor effort, like, to me, that's the thing. You said you are you didn't want to believe it. You were disappointed in, in that fact. I was angry about that because it's like I am putting in, and, you know, we talked to Brian, and he always says, like, he told us, like, the losses hurt the players more than the fans. I'm going to push back because I feel like I am part of the team every single Saturday and it hurts. And I know other people are going to like roll their eyes at that, but man, Jacob, you can attest to it. And Colton, you can back me up on this. It freaking sucks. And the passion that we have as fans for our team, not to give full effort, just it's, it hurts. Cause I'm doing everything I can. You know what I mean? I'm supporting the athletic department. I'm tweeting about him. I'm watching the games. I'm buying ESPN plus. And for guys to come out there and half ass it, that's not, you don't want to see that. You don't want to hear that. So you know, that's why I think the spring game is another big thing because fans are still showing up. People are still caring about Texas State. And if they average 30 or 50 points per game, yeah, people are going to show up and, and watch that, the greatest show on turf that they're trying to build over there in San Marcos. And you kind of coined this term too, but vandalism, you know, like that's basically what we're doing right now. Um, it, it's important too. It's like, you know, this team never really had that until all these podcasts started popping up. Um, but yeah, I think. The spring game overall was like just as hopeful as that spring game we went to for Spav. You know, everybody was like, oh, new dawn, new era. I actually do feel bad for you, though, if you were listening to the game, because that was like a completely different show than was on the field. It was a great game on the field, to be honest, even though it wasn't a game. Big air quotes. Um, but they kept bringing on guests on air. They talked to Bailiff. They talked to Don Coriel. They talked to a couple of former players. That's all well and dandy. But Josh Eaton, uh, you know, defending 40-yard passes, Malik completing those big passes, seeing those guys run up the field, that just really encouraged me. Um, yeah, and your last note, like, this really hurts. Like, going back to the Sunbelt Women's Conference Championship, I was mortified when they couldn't pull it off because of all the work uh, not only we had done for this show, but just, like, put into, like, you know? Because you know, you know that like the players mm -hmm. and the coaches are putting in effort too. And they're just selling out every day. And you think you think that they're putting in that effort. So when you hear somebody say like, "Hey, the football team was half asking it for a couple of years," like that sucks. That that's tough to hear. Um, look, I, I'm good with the I'm good with this episode where it is, Jacob. I want to, you know, what what do you want to do from here? I want to. You want to hear Colton's baseball thoughts just real quick? Yeah, well, yeah. What you got cooking, Colton? Colton, give us a quick baseball update. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best series going over Detroit, but you know, watch you know Sunday they were able to pull out the win at the very last minute. I couldn't believe they uh, beat Troy. Basically, top of the ninth they were trailing, yeah, five four, and then basically Troy basically chokes the game away. Like they the, the bases get loaded, they walk they walk in the run, they hit a batter. And then a uh, Rashawn Galloway hits hits a big double to basically put them up a uh, nine to five. Uh, the the one surprising thing that I was looking at because you know everyone talks about how I guess the big thing nowadays is RPI, like everyone wants to look mm -hmm. at the RPI. 
and it you know i went on the d1 because that's i think that's what everyone's trying to see like okay if because it looks like this team's probably going to be an at-large bid if they're going to make the regionals and we look you know, went to the D1. Uh, that's probably my number one source for like, if I want to know what's going on in college baseball, it's probably going to be D1. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised that Texas State's RPI moved up, jumped up 14 spots. So now we're sitting at 53, which made me, after like seeing that, okay, okay, it made me a little bit more confident that I think this team could sneak in at, at a, as an at-large bid. But they've got to continue like winning because they like it's because I think it's this weekend they got to go to Old Dominion. I think that is a must-win series. Like I, I mean, I feel like in the summer, like every series is a must-win. Like you've got to take advantage of everything because it's it's honestly ridiculous. Like how stacked this baseball conference is. Like there's about like six. Like I think if we looked at the standings, there's like a five-way tie for second place or somewhere close. Like the separation from like second all the way to eighth is like one game. And it's like, it's really, it's really, it's really cool as a baseball fan to see like so, so many great teams being a fan. It's a lot stressful because you, you realize like there, is, there are no days off. you got to bring your a game every single night. So for this Texas state team, like at this point, like you have to win every series at this point, because I, because my deepest fear is like, if you drop one series, that's one step closer that the NCAA is going to say like, Oh, we don't think this team's any good. <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah. Troy just hung 22 on you. Why should you get into the tournament? We're less than a but month think, away. Less than a month away from the yeah, but, tournament. But like I said, I think uh, getting that win over UTS. Say, I think that was huge. Beating Texas, getting those wins over TCU. I think those are really big. Those are really big wins to get. I think, like I said, it's just they have if like it is imperative to win like every series going going forward. Because I think they're in a really I think baseball's in a really great position, but like they can't like they're they're they can't be no days off. Like you've got they've got to keep that pressure on because you're basically chancing yourself on like because just this is just me. I don't want to chance the NCAA trying to determine if a you know the so like a so-called mid-major conference deserves you know deserves to be in an at-large bid because talking to everybody we're pretty sure like the Sun Belt's probably gonna get four maybe five teams at that tournament so it's all about finishing strong and making sure like you're on the top end rather than the bottom end. Win the Sun Belt, you don't have this problem. Uh, yeah, Jake, yes, yes. <laughs> some good news for the pitching situation. I got to talk to Philip on Saturday at the spring game. He didn't travel to Detroit, and that's probably why they didn't do so well. He's a good luck charm. But uh, on Tuesday last week, I ruined my whole week because I worked the morning show, number one. But also, number two, because I went to the Tuesday baseball game for USC UTSA where we got the win. Boom, fifth-ranked win. Dropped the series against Troy. Whatever, we're not talking about it. Uh, but uh, Nate Madrano goes down uh, in the middle. I, I want to say this is a sixth or the fifth inning. He goes down, kind of steps off awkward on the mound, has to get helped off, looked nasty. Um, so I texted Philip uh, that day. I didn't know he was there. I would have just gone up to the fence and asked him, but he was there. Um, and he was like, yeah, they're going to go see the doctor tomorrow. Hopefully it's not that serious. So I'm thinking immediately, dang, we might not even have this guy for the tournament right now um on saturday he's there i got to talk to him a little bit totally blank in my head because i'm just football 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 you know when i'm there 
um, I'm like, oh my gosh, I needed to ask him about Nate, see if he's all right. So I shoot him a text and he's like, he's pitching right now. And I was like, oh, good for us. So he pitched on a Saturday. So, so it wasn't that serious. Wasn't that serious. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Colton, tell them where they can find your, uh, all your excellent work, all your great journalism. Yeah. So, uh, to follow my work, um, but you know, I work for the San Marcos Today Record Paper, so you can either subscribe, get a subscription so you can get access to all, all my stuff. I cover everything Texas state. I also do a lot of stuff for the city for like this, for like everything within the community of San Marcos. So a lot of Rattler stuff, uh, we just saw our baseball team win their first district championship since 2017. Uh, Coach Brian Webb uh, won his 400th game last Tuesday, so everything exciting. We also got uh, San Marcos Academy. They're hosting their first playoff game in nearly 20 years. So a lot, lot of great baseball going on in San Marcos right now. But, yeah, uh, subscribe to the San Marcos Daily Record. You can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, I try to do my best whenever – I'm not trying to keep stats and everything. I try to keep live updates with everything, you know, Texas state, San Marcos, San Marcos Academy, try to get every, anything and everything going on in San Marcos. Just follow me. I'm probably going to be up to date on it. He's the man, Jacob. Awesome, man. Well, thanks Colton. I appreciate it again. Thanks for joining us. Squaring around episode. I think this is 19. Thanks for listening. And what about Cole Wilson, you know, coming over from UIW, made a good name for himself for the Cardinals. How about his progression throughout? Yeah, Cole, I think he really came on late. When we signed him last year, didn't really know what we had. His, his film, you know, Katie Pato were watching. I was like, how is this guy not having any offers? We go do his in-home visit, meet his family. Uh, the guy's like a 4.0 student. He's he was like fluent in Spanish. Ask him about that. He's like fluent in Spanish as like a three or four year old. Like, like super crazy smart. Um, Wait, what did you say? Almost like you said, great day to be a bobcat in Espanol. No idea. Yeah, I like to tell my business like that. Senor Wilson, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you know Spanish? I do. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat em up.